0: Today, we are lucky to have Greg Szabo, who is currently working at Asana, but has a wide range of experiences from many other well-known companies, such as Stripe and HubSpot. Welcome Greg.
1: Hello. Great to be here.
0: Please tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you do currently.
1: Yeah, I'm currently an engineering manager here at Asana. I started my career in Cambridge, Massachusetts at IBM. Um, where I worked for a few months on internal tools and things, Um, and IBM is a really fascinating company to build internal tools for because of the scale. There's as many hundreds of thousands of employees to support, Um, so that's where I learned the ropes at the beginning of my career. I then worked for a couple of years at uh, the Equonest, which was a startup also based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, that built music recommendation service APIs, it was used by RDO and Spotify and R Heart Radio back in the day. And then pretty close to after I left, it was acquired by Spotify and became Discover Weekly. And some of those other features, like I'm sure they work on Spotify Wrapped as well. After that, I spent two years at HubSpot on the content teams and worked on kind of more front end, more full stack code. And it was it was a delight to work at HubSpot and really learn about the culture there. And that was a, the first time working at a company that was really growing at scale. And that's where I really started to see uh, hiring and team culture growth for the first time. I then moved to San Francisco and spent two years as an engineer at Stripe. Stripe, of course, is a wonderful company with a really excellent developer experience. That's one of the things that they do better than almost any other company that I've worked closely with. So uh, their, the API is really revolutionary, I think. And also just the passion for infrastructure was really inspiring to me. And then I came over to Asana and um, started as an engineer at Asana about three years ago. Asana, I've worked on monetization. I also led the internationalization engineering team, which launched in French and German a couple of years ago, now supporting six different languages. And for the past two years, I've been a manager at Asana and rather than leading a specific team, I um, support engineers across four different teams and what we call the adoption pillar of teams. So they are all what we call product engineering. It's full stack engineering, including front-end and back-end. And my primary responsibility is to support my reports and give them um, really clear goals for their growth, as well as growing the team. So that's really what I'm excited to talk to you about today.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Today, our topic is recruitment and how you do it for your work. So without further ado, let's jump right in. We know that recruitment today doesn't happen overnight and talented engineers are kind of hard to find sometimes and hard to convince to join your team. And one way to overcome that is to build an employer brand. How do you do it at Asana?
1: That's something that's really important to us as a company. And we put a lot of work into this. I think the first principle or strategy that goes into building our employer brand at Asana is, first of all, just building an incredible workplace that helps with our employer brand, but also our mission to like help with collaboration. We really want Asana to be a tool that helps create the future of work for millions of people. In order for us to do that, we have to create an incredible workplace. We want our workplace to feel like the future of work, feel like a very collaborative, welcoming space, feel like it's creates a perfect balance of sort of helping people grow and push themselves, but also to do so mindfully and with reflection in place. And that's something that's been core to the company's approach since the very beginning. So from the get-go, we've built a really collaborative, really mindful work environment, I believe. And the biggest thing that really helps is, of course, word of mouth. So ever, that we, we strive to make it so that employees who work at Asana can't stop talking about it. They, they always uh, bring uh, great things to say about how much they love working here. And that also gets reflected in things like class story reviews and surveys that. We do, we have several best place to work awards. That's a big part of our employer brand. So employees always look up those things before they join a company, they check to see what it's really like to work there. And the only way to really game that system is to make an authentically great place to work. I think people can see through fake reviews and things like that. I think that's the most important pillar of our employer brand. And that's the last thing that we would ever get rid of. (laughs) Now, in addition to that, we also need to be able to tell the story about what it's like to work here. So our employees will tell the story sort of uh, naturally to their friends and to anonymous review sites, but there's a lot more to that story that doesn't always get discussed in those channels. So we have an awesome employer brand team that works on basically our outreach. So blog posts, attendance at conferences, working with uh, events and things like that. Those are all the ways that we get the word out about more of the details of what it's like to work at Asana.
0: That's awesome. It sounds like you guys are doing a lot with what you already have. If someone is interested, what are the main stages of the recruitment process? Who is part of them?
1: Early in the recruitment process, and of course I mostly know what the process is like for engineers, we encourage people to apply through our website and they might also like have a contact at Asana and we encourage people to submit online in that stage as well. And in the early stages, we will look at your experience and see if it maps close to the kinds of engineers that we're currently hiring. And then a recruiter will reach out to you and get to know you, get to know what you're looking for in your experience. If there seems to be a match from that stage, then we proceed with what we call the coding challenge. This is sort of a take-home assignment, so to speak. It takes roughly an hour or so, and it's meant to kind of evaluate your coding style. So can you implement an algorithm or a, a solution to a problem in a relatively constrained amount of time. I believe in recent days, we've lessened the time requirement on this because people have different sort of preferences for this. But we also just designed the problem to be solved in a a short amount of time because not everyone can spend all day. From there, if that gets graded by uh, one of our engineers, and if that looks good, then we proceed with a phone screen interview that's usually of a technical nature. And if that goes well, then we do a series of on-site technical interviews before we do the final stages, which might include a reference check and then more in-depth conversations with the recruiter and the hiring manager to make sure that there's a fit before you make your decision.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you make the final decision? Who, who is all involved? Is this entire group of people involved who have conversed with the candidate?
1: Yeah. So we we do um, what we call a huddle meeting, which is everyone who's interviewed the candidate gets all together in one room. And we talk about each uh, interview kind of has a starting decision on what that interviewer decided, whether that they thought that person would be a fit for the role or not. But we also talk amongst all of us because everyone's different. Everyone has a different story. And we try and get a sense of like, what is this person like to work with? Do we see a consistent pattern across the interviews that tells a really coherent story about something that this person is really strong at or something where they consistently get sort of stuck or um, have trouble solving problems or a blind spot they have in their behavioral experience. So we, we see if we can find common patterns for that. And if we see a uh, consistent strength that tells us one story that might influence the decision and if we see like a consistent blind spot or weakness, then we talk about like, what impact would it actually have in the day to day work with that? Like, for example, if we find that somebody struggles to generate new ideas when trying to solve a problem, but is strong at evaluating those ideas, then that's something that we could probably work with, uh, with an engineer, because generating ideas is something that can be done collaboratively, as long as somebody can be trusted to evaluate those ideas and choose. So those are the kinds of things we look out for, like the the patterns of behavior, and see if there's a clear trend. And sometimes interviewers see conflicting signal. They see one person thinks that this person is great at coming up with ideas, and the other person saw a weakness there. So we take note of that as well, and we take that into consideration. Ultimately, the final decision comes to what we call the facilitator of the huddle, and that's someone who actually has not interviewed the candidate. There's kind of an unbiased, new, fresh pair of ears to the discussion. And we train facilitators to be able to make decisions collaboratively with this large group of people who might disagree and make the decision that's um, best for the company. And it doesn't have to be complete consensus. So most of the discussion is around people sharing their perspective to the facilitator so that the facilitator can make the decision. The facilitator is uh, an engineer as well. So ultimately, the facilitator makes a decision based on the feedback and influence of the interviewers.
0: Wow, it sounds like you have a very integrated and well thought out process. If you were to suggest something to our listeners, um, mm-hmm. what are some of the must-have elements that you would um, highlight of your recruitment process?
1: That's a great question. I'm a big believer that there's no one right way to interview candidates. And there's, um, there's a lot to be explored in for us and for the industry of finding new ways of interviewing people effectively for the position in ways that reduce bias and create really awesome candidate experiences, all that stuff. For us, like the way our system works now is, I guess the most important thing is that the facilitators know how to make good decisions. They need to be strong at listening, very strong at listening, and not just listening, but like getting the right information from interviewers. And they need to be able to make everyone in the room feel comfortable sort of voicing dissent against the consensus. It's very easy for groupthink to emerge in these sort of conversations where like three people say a similar thing, but the fourth person disagrees, but they don't voice that concern. That's very valuable information in these decisions. So the facilitators need to really uh, have these strong facilitators for meetings and make people feel comfortable voicing dissent, knowing that the facilitator still makes a decision. So I think that's the most valuable skill and ability that we've developed in this process. In addition to that, the second thing to focus on is the candidate experience through each of the interviewers. So um, interviewing is stressful, it's difficult, it's a lot of work, it's very tiring, and um, making sure that interviewers know how to make candidates feel comfortable, how to navigate the use of time during an interview, how to transition topics, how to hint without sort of giving the answer away and losing the signal of the question. That sort of communication and collaboration skills during the interview is another thing that we spend a lot of time training interviewers on right now. And I think that really helps our process.
0: Awesome. And I'm sure it helps the the candidates to feel more secure in an interview. Yeah, I hope so. What are some of the channels that you use for recruitment? We have talked a little bit about employer branding, but we all know that there are a lot of other opportunities out there. There are recruitment companies and there are universities. So what do you guys do to get more candidates?
1: I know a lot about our university recruiting process since I worked very closely with that this year. And a big proponent of that is... A big comp- component of that is visiting on-campus events. We target 10 or so different schools across the country to visit and develop a relationship with. That includes usually going to a career fair event, perhaps speaking on campus or holding an on-campus event, and also meeting up with some specific students that we reach out to in advance for coffee, more one-on-one. It's a lot of different kinds of touch points, a lot of interactions at these schools. And uh, we're careful to send engineers who are excited to engage with Students in this way. Sometimes it's people who graduated from those schools and are excited to work with their alumni or people that are just really excited to grow the team. That channel is important to us, I think, not necessarily for the top of funnel volume into our pipeline because we, we do have more than sufficient volume to hit our hiring goals, I suppose, mm-hmm. in our pipeline, but also for shaping uh, diversity in our, our pipeline uh, because. We found that it, it does help to have to develop relationships with organizations for members of underrepresented groups um, to make it clear that we, we value diversity and we are investing in it as much as possible to um, encourage uh, a more diverse group of people to apply at the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. That's usually helpful to us. In addition, on campus events, we attend conferences and speaking capacities and get our, the word out about that. Um, we also host meetups. We have a TypeScript and React meetup that we organize in San Francisco, and we also have done one in New York as well. Um, nice. That's a way that we kind of get the word out about our impact in the TypeScript plus React community. We actually were the first company to create bindings for React with TypeScript, because we were kind of early adopters for TypeScript. That's a major channel that we use, and honestly, email as well. As much as people like to complain about getting uh, emails from recruiters, getting the word out about a company, it is the best way to like tell the story about What we're doing with the company and is very effective for generating more interest from candidates that wouldn't have otherwise noticed us or thought seriously about working at us on it. We're mindful about that approach. We don't sort of robo-spam people. We reach out to individuals that we've researched in advance to make sure that they're going to be a fit and have great candidate experience. That channel currently works in the marketplace.
0: Awesome. So you have mentioned um, reaching out to universities. But do you have any intern programs? Do you usually recruit right out from universities or do you do you nurture some people and kind of uh, teach them your way of uh, developing software?
1: Yes, absolutely. We have a, an excellent intern program that we have invested a lot in. And we found that really talented people often look for internships, and that's really how they develop their skills. So we look for new grad candidates who have good internship experiences, and we believe in paying it forward to create more of those opportunities in the industry. And we often find that people who come and intern with us love working here so much that they often will come back for um, a full-time job. So that's a, another way that we are sharing our workplace with others, and making it, showing people what it's like to work here. And that's something that we're really proud of and confident in that results in more people wanting to join in for Asana. So internships are really powerful in people's careers. We take on a a lot of interns each year, but we carefully set our goals for a number of interns around what we're able to mentor. So we hire engineers who are passionate about mentorship at Asana, so we create lots of mentorship capacity, but we also wanna make sure that we're not piling on five interns per experienced engineer on a given team. So we make sure that every intern we hire can get uh, one dedicated mentor on the team and also enough senior leaderships for them to really refine their skills in the time that they're here. We also like building a strong community of interns, especially when during times of the year where there's several of them at once. So we hold specific intern events for people to bond with each other and learn more about the company or just do fun things together in San Francisco or New York. And um, that's kind of how we run the program.
0: So if you don't mind me asking, what are some of the experiences that you've had with the interns? Would you say you hire most of them or would you say you have to let some people go because they
1: don't meet your your expectations? How does that go? Yeah, we do extend offers to a majority of our interns, but we not all of them. Occasionally, I've worked with a, a, a couple of interns who we decided not to extend full-time offers to. We're very conscious of throughout the intern experience, like that's something that's going to be on interns' minds. So throughout the experience, it's really important to us that we communicate really clearly with the interns about their progress and whether or or not they're meeting the expectations of an intern at Asana. So we have interns have a mentor and they also have a separate manager. And the manager is somebody who is really familiar with our expectations for interns and all other engineers and is ready to have really clear conversations with the intern about like, whether or not they're meeting expectations, and if they're not meeting expectations, exactly what they can do to get on track. So, we shoot for communicating at least by the midpoint of an internship after a month and a half or so if we see a, a pattern of people getting stuck or not able to have the impact that we expect from intern. And we carefully coach people towards the direction so they can have a learning experience throughout that. It is somewhat unusual, I suppose, and all the interns we hire are very smart and skilled engineers, but the question really is the style of work and the, the kinds of work that we need engineers to do at Asana, which Asana is a very particular company with a particular culture, and the certain profile of sort of collaboration and ability to navigate code base that is very tightly integrated across multiple teams does require a particular set of skills that not, not engineers have or are interested in developing.
0: Yeah. We have talked about the internship, but what if we widen this question and and look at all the applicants? What are some of the skills and traits that you're looking for when you're recruiting for Asana? Is it past achievements? Is it um, some personality traits? Is it certain skills? Mm-hmm. What do you watch out for? We
1: have several stages of evaluation. The one I'm most familiar with is once people get to the interview stage. And what we talk about when we evaluate candidates is, first of all, what we call technical design abilities. So are you able to build architectures that are simple and scalable and have a lot of clarity? And there's also code quality, which is simple things like naming conventions, refactoring, and are you able to produce code that is navigable in a reasonable amount of time? But As much as those two technical sort of evaluation dimensions, we also care a lot about collaboration and communication. Things that we evaluate during the the interview to see, like would someone who is unfamiliar with say this algorithm, be able to understand this person's explanation of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a very important skill for if you're junior, for be able to explain your mental model for others so that they can correct it. Or if you're more senior to be able to mentor others effectively. That's crucial. And also for collaboration, we pay attention to like how someone can feel the room or like if the interviewer tries to guide the discussion in a certain technical way, how they are able to pick up on that signal and to adjust their approach. There's also another dimension that we call autonomy, which is essentially your ability to navigate a tricky problem space on your own. Um, this is sort of like your strategy for navigating ambiguity. Often this involves a process of like ideation, and then editing down the ideation to a set of decisions. Some people are strong at generating ideas, but not strong at evaluating them, and other people have the opposite. Ideally, a candidate will have both. be able to generate lots of ideas, but then like be decisive about which ones they pursue. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the uh, important things. We also look out for red flags of someone saying something insensitive or making the interviewer feel uncomfortable or general surprising things, just because something's not in our sort of rubric, so to speak, doesn't mean that we won't notice it during the interview process and discuss it during the huddle. And that's one of the benefits of our process since it isn't a rubric where we just add a score of things together and make a decision from that. It is a human decision. And that allows us to pick up on both positive and negative things that we observed in the interview that um, we haven't seen from other candidates at all.
0: Mm -hmm. It sounds like you're making it very human-centered recruitment process. Is there anything we haven't covered yet, but you would like to share regarding Asana's recruitment process?
1: I think a really important consideration with recruitment is evolution because the industry is constantly changing. The candidate experience across the industry is changing and the candidate pool is changing. So I think it's important for companies to find ways of continuously investing in and maintaining the interview process. This might involve developing new interview questions, really asking in-depth questions to ourselves about what it's like to interview at the company, and really sort of empowering engineers or individuals to propose potentially big changes to the process or what seems big to them. An interesting effect of like interviewing is people go through the interview process and then they join the company and they view that interview process as sort of a rite of passage, as something that they had to achieve and something that they might feel insecure or nervous about, reflecting on. And that makes it emotionally difficult for people to suggest changes to the process. Nobody wants to be known as the person who tried to lower the bar or somebody who isn't qualified to write a new interview questions, something like that. But in reality, like everyone who works at Asana, everyone who goes through a process is more than capable of um, changing it in positive ways, especially with, in collaborating with others. So leaders have a big role there to encourage people to continuously ask questions and refine the process, even the questions themselves or more fundamental things about it to keep on having a process that feels modern, feels competitive to other companies and makes candidates um, walk away saying that really accurately measured my effectiveness in this role. mm
0: mm-hmm so just out of curiosity do you actually actively work on evolving your recruitment process like having meetings about it or is there some different way of making it become better
1: we have what we call areas of responsibility which are sort of modules of responsibility that people take on at asana and we have several people with these areas that focus on our review process several engineers that focus on this Part of this is sort of thinking about operational efficiency, like are we able to interview as many people as we can with the engineers that we have? Also accuracy and candidate experience, making sure we are talking about like any potential bias on our questions or the way that we ask our questions and creating an excellent candidate experience. So we have a different owner for each of the questions who are responsible for training people, developing training materials and refining the question. And we create space and time for people to work on our interview process if they are interested. Uh, Encouraging people to make use of that time involves making it safe for people to suggest out their ideas about our interview process so that they can really push it forward.
0: Sure. That sounds great. Is there anything you would like to share about the recruitment process or your experience working with it?
1: Working with these candidates has been an absolute pleasure. At Asana, we have the honor of talking to so many talented people throughout the industry. I've learned so much thinking about what it means to be an engineer at Asana or in general throughout working with this process and also just growing at Asana in general. Asana has been an amazing place for me to work. I've I've grown tremendously here and I have such alignment with the values here. Like so much of what the company feels is important is also important to me. We are currently hiring, I wanna mention that. So if you go to asana.com slash jobs, you can see all of our open rules. We are, of course, hiring engineers. So please reach out through that channel and um, hoping we can connect with more engineers in the future too.
0: Awesome. If some of our listeners would like to follow your work specifically, where could they do so?
1: Yeah, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter. That's usually where I post updates. My handle is at Greg Sabo, G R E G S A B O and I'll share exciting things about Asana, but also a lot of the other things that I I work on in my side projects and and personal life. So hope to see you there.
0: Be sure to check it out, guys. Greg, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Today, our guest was Greg Szabo, Software Engineering Manager at Asana. I am Carolina Tot, and we hope you had a great time with us today. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.